Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Thanks for being with me today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. When it comes to how we were parented as kids, a lot of us may realize that there were some things that weren't quite right. Whether you had parents who were overtly abusive or neglectful, or even if you just had parents who had the best of intentions but passed on some negative habits. These are all things that impact us and the way that we parent our kids. I'm joined in this conversation today by author Christina Fox, and Christina is here to share with us more about God as a parent and the way that He loves us and how it can shift our parenting so that we have the ability to give our kids something different. Something I've learned in my season as a single mom is that loneliness actually does not have that much to do with being alone. Hurt from our relationships in the past causes us stress around relationships in the present. And the ways that we have learned to deal with that stress can help us to feel safe, but actually keep us away from the meaningful relationships that we desire. To start to unravel this, to identify your stress style and discover the pathway to healing, you can take our quiz called What's Your Stress Style? And you'll find a link for that down in the show notes. When it comes to this subject, I think one of the things that can be the most difficult for us is discipline. And that's in part because perhaps the discipline that we received was not adequate or healthy, but then also that disciplining on our own can put us in situations that we don't even know how to handle. What I'm so grateful for about this conversation with Christina is a fresh understanding of God's characteristics and how that is played out in His training of us. And then how we have the ability to be encouraged by that, to train our kids in ways that actually cultivate relationship. Here's my conversation with Christina Fox. Christina, I'm so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Christina, your new book is about how God parents us. And for whatever reason, many of us have some kind of misunderstanding really about how God parents us and who he really is. And if we don't have that straight, I have found that we just will continue to struggle in all sorts of ways. Can you help us to understand why understanding who God is as a parent is so critical to our parenting and then also understanding our own identity as his image bearers and how that plays a role? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you know, the book is called Like Our Father, uh, How God Parents Us and Why That Matters for Our Parenting. Uh, And so it really kind of deals with that foundational aspect of who God is to us and for us and who we are in light of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really kind of started at the beginning, which is Genesis 1, uh, where we learned that God created us in his image. Uh, so we were made to reflect him. I, you know, I use the illustration of the sun and the moon. The moon does not have any light of its own, but it reflects the light of the sun. And that's really what we do um, as God's image bearers. Uh, we 
reflect who he is to those around us. Uh, so, you know, one of the ways we image God is um, in our creative aspects, things that we uh, make or invent. Uh, we are imaging our creator God when we do those things. Uh, when we uh, work hard at our at our job and then uh, rest from our labors, again, we are imaging or reflecting uh, God in that way. And then as I focus on in the book, uh, when we... Um, image God in the ways in which he parents us uh, to our children, we are showing our children the father. We're showing them who he is um, when when we do what he does. Uh, and so then I, I spend a lot of time kind of unpacking different ways that he does parent us. I have found in my own life so many times where these gifts or talents or as you mentioned, even just these things that we do as far as parenting our kids, that when we don't know really who God is, that we then understand those parts of ourselves or misunderstand those parts of ourselves. And that we may be going through the motions of things, but that there feels like there's this tension or this disconnect because we aren't really sure where this comes from and what it's for. And so sometimes those can be things that end up that, that start as gifts or start as really wonderful roles in our lives, but then they can get distorted because we don't have that alignment with the heart of God in those things. So as you mentioned, we can use creativity. We can use that for our own glory, or we can use that to reflect the nature of who God is in the ways that we express those gifts. And I think parenting is another piece of that, especially if we've had wounds from our parents, where if we never had a construction of who God is as a parent, then the damage and the wounds that we've received from our own parents then will cause us to have really great intentions in the way that we do things, but ultimately find ourselves with a lot of frustration because we just feel this great big sense of disconnect. I agree. Uh, that's very true. And I think that we've all experienced things. I mean, no one had a perfect parent, but sometimes mm -hmm. we've had really, really harsh parents, you know, abusive parents, you know, non-existent parents in our lives. And, and certainly those things um, impact us and, and can shape us. But that's why, you know, I want us, the, the purpose of the book was really to kind of bring our eyes um, up to mm -hmm. see our father and see uh, his greatness uh, and his perfection. I think that's really critical what you just mentioned, that all of us are going to have some kind of distortion. And I think for those of us who have had parents that were very obviously abusive or neglectful, that's an obvious disconnect. But there are then those of us who had parents who were doing the best they knew how. But as I like to say, very often it's kids raising kids. You know, our parents may have had us really young. I mean, if you think about in your early 20s, like your prefrontal cortex even isn't fully developed until you're 25. So if your parents had you before that, they didn't even really have the full set of reasoning skills. But then on top of that, there is so much that's passed down to us that we internalize as like the way this is because our parents received it from their parents and they may have even made some improvements, but there's just a disconnect as they are still growing and maturing in who they are, that though they may have had the best of intentions, that there, there can still be some wounding, but then we can also in recognizing that say, okay, but I don't have to pass that on. I can recognize that 
what I think is actually normal, maybe it's not, and start to just question some of those things and really start to unlock wounding that we may not have even realized was there. Yeah. I found um, Hebrews 12 healing uh, in that way, just uh, as it kind of compares, you know, earthly fathers to our perfect father. Mm. Um, And it says, you know, that our earthly father, you know, parented in in the best that they knew how, but your heavenly father is is a perfect father. Mm -hmm. Um, He parents us for our good. Yeah. Let's talk about that as far as that father-sonship relationship, that through Jesus's death and resurrection, we became children of God, that we were adopted into his family. And embracing that has a big impact on the way then that we turn towards our children and how we then are able to image God to them because we have received this uh, the benefit of, of knowing what it is to be his children. But if we don't first park there, if we don't first understand that relationship and what we've really been given, then our ability to image that to our kids is really going to be hampered. Yeah. I think, you know, as Christians, we, we focus a lot on, on justification, on um, salvation aspect of, you know, Jesus died on the cross from our sins. Uh, we believe that is true. Uh, we accept that. Um, and so we're saved. But there's another uh, piece to that, to our salvation, and that is our adoption. Uh, and that is that once we come to faith, once we you know, become a, a Christian, we're immediately uh, brought into this, this huge family. Um, and God is our father. And so it's not that he, um, you know, throughout the scriptures, we see God uh, addressed as father. Uh, and we might think of it more as a metaphor, mm-hmm. just so that it can help us kind of understand him better. But really, it's actually who he is to us. He is our father. And so um, I think that that's important that we just embrace that and realize that we are his children. And, you know, as his children, we have all of these marvelous uh, benefits. I mean, you know, we can cry out to him uh, and know that he hears us, you know, we can Mm -hmm. tell him what we need and know that he will provide Um, and all the ways that, you know, our children relate to us. We we can relate to our, to our father and, and have the freedom uh, to do so. So, yeah, that's a really important part that, and I unpack in the book because we have to understand mm-hmm. uh, that he's our father before you know we know what it looks like to parent our children. I think that that is so, so crucial because I, I, if I look at my life, the first 25 years, I probably really only sat under that salvational aspect. Um, but then I also grew up in a really legalistic tradition. And so then I turned towards God as someone that I had to keep happy or someone that I was afraid might not be pleased with me. You know, it's like, he loves me, but does he really like me? And there was a shift though, at that, at that time, um, really that came out of desperation, but a shift of like, who are you really? I don't even know who you are. I've been following you since I was a child, but I don't even know who you are. And that was the invitation though, into that relational aspect that you're talking about where that salvational gift and all of the power of the Holy Spirit then is activated in our lives now so that we're not just waiting to experience something that Jesus secured for us like in the far distant future, but that we have the ability to feel loved and to feel cared for and to start to to venture into what relationship really looks like. And I think 
that is something that depending on how we grew up, whether in our religious traditions or whether in our family of origins or both, that if we don't recognize that there are two parts, then we may sort of feel that God is very far and distant from us. Um, and it is understanding though, that there are those two parts that give us the ability to start to move into that space. Do you have any other practical tips as far as if you did not have a, a super wonderful, you know, uh, relationship type experience with God growing up, or if you had perhaps inadequate parenting or those types of things, how we can move from maybe our distorted images of God as a father and start moving in towards that relational aspect. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, for me, certainly just focusing on his character uh, and mm-hmm. studying his character throughout scripture. You know, every time I read um, a chapter in the Bible or whatever, I'm asking myself, what does this teach me about who God is? Um, and I think that as we uh, accrue and accumulate those, uh, that understanding of his character, I think that really, um, we, start, we start to see the differences between fallen man and God, and, and we realize that there is a difference and um, that, you know, maybe our experiences with our, our earthly parents, um, you know, we, we do see those stark differences and it's important that we know who God is. Uh, I think also sometimes even studying the names of God helps mm-hmm. because the name, his name kind of uh, gives us more information and, and shows us more of his character as well. So mm-hmm. those are two good places to start. Yeah, I think that's really helpful, especially in maybe believing that that's who he is to me. You know, I think we might say like, oh, okay, yeah, God is this, like to people in general. But to understand that, as you said, even with the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, like he is my provider. Where have I seen that? And how does this story show me that that's who he is and that that's not an exception to that one person, but that's the nature of how he interacts with his children, I think that that parking in those things, it it can be hard. It can be, you know, there can be times where you're like, is this really going to sink in? But he wants it to sink in for us. And if we just continue to stay close with him, just like with a human relationship, the more that we spend time with somebody, the more we really do get to know them and trust with consistency that, no, that's really who they are. When it comes to God's characteristics, especially when it comes to discipline, I think this is also another area where if we have some inadequate or some poor modeling when it comes to discipline, that we are going to misunderstand God's discipline of us and what those characteristics are. So can you talk more towards what are the characteristics of God's discipline and how that might differ, especially if we experience some type of fear punishment type of parenting when we were growing up? Yeah, well, the word discipline uh, means teaching or training. Uh, And so I think that's helpful in and of itself to realize what that means. And um, also to realize that punishment, um, Jesus bore the punishment that we deserved at the cross. So God expended all his wrath upon the son uh, for us so that we don't have to. Have, you know, so we won't be punished. So when we now, when you know, if we've sinned and done something um, against God's ways, He's going to discipline us. He's going to train us. He's going to teach us. Um, you know that you you've wandered off the path that I've set for you. Uh, this is uh, how you get back on the path. This mm-hmm. is what we need to do. 
you know, sometimes um, this happens with uh, maybe natural consequences that God just allows into our life uh, that teaches us, okay, <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was the wrong way to go. Yeah, I, think yeah. I need to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he just brings circumstances into our life that, that teach us how to depend on him, how to trust him, uh, that teaches us that we really can't do it on our own and that we need him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in all those ways and more, he is, he's teaching us. He's showing us what it looks like to live for him. He's showing us what it looks like to be his child, uh, what it means to be a part of his family, um, mm-hmm. what his family ways are like. This is what my children do. Uh, and so I think that when we first start with that understanding of how God disciplines us, how he teaches and trains us, what it looks like to be a part of his family, um, I think that helps us as we consider it for, for our own children. Certainly, we, um, God uses the Holy Spirit, you know, in our, in our teaching and training. And so we are not the Holy Spirit, you know, for our children. But uh, there are some ways in which we can image the Father in, um, in training our children. And I think that as we encounter a situation with our child, we can ask ourselves questions like, okay, what can I teach my child in this moment? Mm. Um, to show them one, they need a savior and uh, what to do next time. Mm. Uh, how can I help them learn from this? Uh, that kind of thing. What I'm hearing you say is so much of a focus on training and coaching. And if we look at even the names of the Holy Spirit, you know, as the advocate and the comforter and the helper and those types of things that that helps us to understand so much more of God sort of being on the sidelines with us and calling out, you know, to us, like, no, you, you know, this is the way to go. And those types of things. If we've grown up with a more fear-based or punishment-based type parenting, there's so much of an aspect on control and compliance that we miss this coaching piece. And I think this is so, so pivotal to getting our minds around as far as discipline being coaching or training because then if we can remove the condemnation, as you said, if, if our, our punishment has already been satisfied, then we don't expect that to come from God. We don't expect him to be condescending towards us or, or disappointed in us, that we can understand that he's kind. And when I feel that, though, then I can reflect that. And I think that is sometimes what gets passed by is with discipline. It's like, oh, but how do I get my kids to do this? <laughs> you know, how do I get them to go? this way or, or those types of things. When, even if we knew the how we wouldn't be able to get there because we haven't experienced what it is to first feel that kindness, to feel what it is to be coached, but it's possible in our, even in our adulthood for us to gain that back through the things that we're talking about, through a relationship with him. And that then in receiving it, it becomes something that becomes way more of a natural outflow towards our kids rather than something that we're just trying to like figure out, okay, if they do X, then I got to do Y, or if they do A, then I got to do B. How do you think it is that we get to this point though, of feeling like when it comes to our parenting, that we're just supposed to kind of like have a formula for like, okay, well, if they do this, then I do this. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's how we prefer to do life. Mm-hmm. We want to have it all, <laughs> all laid out for us. And we just follow the plan and it all works out the way it's supposed to. And, you know, we forget that we are, we are fallen people, raising mm-hmm. fallen people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, life is, is not really a formula like that. 
I think that so often we focus on the like outward performance of our children. Um, you know, we want to get their behavior in line and so that everybody can see that, you know, they're, they're quote unquote good kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but we forget that really the, their real problem isn't that they uh, didn't clean their room when we told them to, or, you know, that they, they made a mess in the kitchen and didn't clean it up. It's, it's the, the real problem is in there isn't the heart. And they, until they know and see that they need a savior, um, it doesn't matter uh, how well behaved they are on the outside. If, if their heart isn't softened mm. to Christ and doesn't know who he is and what he's done for them. And so ultimately that's really what we want to work on is, is yeah. that, and, and just kind of constantly really preaching the gospel to them and, um, in words and in deed. Mm. I think that formulaic approach takes so much of the black and white out of it or, or takes so much of the gray out of it rather. And that it hopefully in our minds, I think we think we have more control because it's black and it's white and it's A and it's B and all that sort of thing. And as you just said, though, life is so not that way. And I think the thing that as we take more of a training approach that can be frustrating is training requires lots of repetitions. Like if we even think about going to a gym or training for a marathon or any of those types of things, it is repetitions. And it is messy and we don't get outcomes right away. And it seems like if we have a formulaic approach, like I just have these rules and I get my kids to do what I need them to do, then everything is great. But as you said, then we miss the heart and the heart can actually be wounded in that process. But through it all, sometimes then it can make us feel like our parenting is inadequate or it quote unquote doesn't work. And this is something that you mentioned in the book as far as you know what to do when we feel like as we go through this, our parenting isn't working. What would you say to a woman who's feeling that? Yeah, I, I know that that has uh, certainly been a question that I've had in my own heart, you know, and, and I guess I would, I would challenge us to think, what do we mean by that when we say discipline mm. doesn't work? You know, a, a lot of parenting includes um, a lot of expectations that we have for our kids. And so, you know, what is it that we're expecting from this? Um, are we expecting, okay, um, you did X, I gave you Y consequence. And so what from now on, you'll never do X again. Um, if that's our expectation or what we think it means that discipline works, um, then I think we're going to be really frustrated because, mm. you know, I look, I, I think about my own life and how often the Lord has had to teach me the same lessons over and over. I'm still learning about contentment. I mean, I've lost track of how many times that God has has taught me that lesson. I I certainly learned something, but then I find myself stumbling in it again, being discontented or even trusting him. Mm. You know, he has shown himself to me over and over. He's provided over and over. And yet I'll come to a situation where my hands are empty and I'm like, oh no, what if the Lord doesn't provide and I'm not trusting him in the moment. And so when you look at your own heart and your own life and you see those things about yourself, you realize, yeah, my kid is going to struggle <laughs> with following through on things over and over and over. Yeah. They are going to make the same, um, commit the same sins, uh, mm-hmm. have the same issues repeatedly that I'm going to have to come alongside them and remind them over and over. And I mean, it, it does get frustrating and we start to think, well, maybe my discipline is working, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but 
if we're if 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 that's what we're coming at, then maybe God's discipline isn't working either. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, so I think that we kind of have to really um address our expectations mm. um and realize that as you said, you know, just like training for a marathon, our kids have a lot of years. Yeah. God's still working on me and I'm not going to say how old I am, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it's been a number of years and the same is true, you know, for our kids. Um, they're not going to be sanctified at the mm-hmm. age of 10 uh, or even at 15 or, you know, th- there's just it's a lot, a lot of uh, time to go and we just have to be faithful to just keep encouraging them in the process. I think it really puts things in perspective when we think about how often we forget. And how often, as you said, we just are going through our whole lives that God is so patiently developing us and cultivating us and working on us. And if we have that same approach towards our kids, then those repetitions won't be so frustrating. But as you said, I think it's expectation. And I think there's something to be said for effective parenting skills. So if we're using techniques that are not effective and they're not meeting our kids where they're at, then yeah, there's room for some growth and some improvement with those types of things. But even that's a process for us to be learning that for, for us to figure out what works for each individual kid's heart. I mean, I have three kids and I cannot parent all three of them exactly the same way because they all need different aspects of growth and cultivation at different times, at different developmental stages and all those types of things. But that if we shift our expectation, then we can focus away so much from the outcome of what we expect and towards the effectiveness of what we are doing in the process. Because that's really all that I can do anything about is how I am working with them in the process. Yeah, that's so true. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. You mentioned a few minutes ago imaging God in our discipline, though, and how we move through these things and this process, you know, that in the midst of it, though, again, it's not just effective techniques, but that there's an imaging of God that's going on here. How can we look at things like rules or boundaries and those sorts of things, uh, as you mentioned, not just as something that we have to do, but something that is also pointing our kids towards Jesus and ultimately how we can do this in such a way that we avoid the extremes of either extreme legalism or of hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, I think God's pretty clear in his word about, you know, what, what is good for us. Um, And he set boundaries uh, and limits for us uh, to show us, you know, not only shows us who he is, like, this is what holiness looks like. Um, this is what it looks like to be my child. And, and when you do these things, you bring me honor and glory. Um, and so the, the limits that he sets for us are for our good because he created us. He knows what's best for us. Um, and so I, I think also that his, um, 
his rules for us show us that we need a savior because we obviously can't keep them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've ever tried to keep even one of the one of the Ten Commandments, you realize, whoa, I it took me less than a minute to mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it shows us that we need a savior, that um, we need someone who could live that perfect life for us that we that we can't live. And so I think that. That, that really shapes how we uh, set limits and rules for our own kids. One, you know, um, knowing that they need them. Kids do need limits and they need, um, they need rules. They need boundaries. I think, so, you know, sometimes we can um, hesitate, you know, thinking that it's bad to set rules for kids, but it's not. They need it. They don't uh, naturally know how to create that for themselves mm. uh, because <laughs> naturally we're pretty uh, much rule breakers. Right? Yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and so secondly, you know, we, the rules that we have should serve to point them to their need for a savior, uh, just as, as we, for ourselves know that, you know, we kind of teach them as they break those rules that, you know, they need, they need to confess it and ask God for forgiveness and just seek his help. Um, and so, you know, there, there are a lot of rules and limits that we set, you know, throughout <laughs> throughout their life, you know, don't, don't touch the stove because you're going to get hurt mm-hmm. or, uh, hold my hand when we cross the street. Um, you know, we set limits on screen time and, uh, TV time and all those things. Um, but it, it does, it is helpful for us to kind of evaluate our own heart as we're setting any kind of limits because mm-hmm. sometimes, at least I know I do, sometimes my rules are really more about my selfishness mm-hmm. than about, uh, what might glorify God, uh, or what might actually be good, uh, Mm. for my kids. Um, you know, I might set rules because I, I want them to look good to other people. Um, you know, I, it's more about my own glory. Um, and so I think it is helpful that we do heart checks periodically about our, about our limits that we're setting. Um, is it truly for their good? Is it truly something that we want, um, them to do so that they would honor God and how they, and how they behave. Um, and ultimately, you know, we want to be focusing on, on their heart as we, as we've already talked about, um, in, in teaching them, um, you know, that they are rule breakers, that's Mm. who they are as sinners and, and that they need the the greatest rule keeper, you know, Mm. who's Jesus Christ. I love that you mentioned the fact that we all sort of need a heart check in the middle of these, interactions that we're having with our kids. Um, hopefully we could do it beforehand, but that's where I found a lot of times the heart check comes from because as I'm trying to enforce some type of standard, I recognize even sometimes in the midst of it, like, wow, this is actually not really about a character issue. Like this is not really about their good. This is about my preference or my comfort or what I want. And it can be really difficult in the middle of that moment to go, do I just push through because I've already got this far or do I, do I um, stop right here? But regardless of what we would choose in that moment, we have the ability to look then at those, just at any of our, our boundaries and say, okay, like, where does this really come from? You know, is this really what's about cultivating my child and what's good for them? Or is this about what I need or what I want or what I feel is, uh, you know, something that is going to be ultimately, you know, good for me, you know, and, and and there can be a little bit of both in some of these things, but ultimately we have to 
consider those things. And I think one of the most important reasons why to consider those things is that can happen regardless of where you fall on the spectrum. But I think a lot of us fall on the side of either being too strict and too rule focused or too loose and don't offer enough in terms of consequences or structure and those types of things. And that in the middle of why we swing in either direction can also then be some of these things that we're talking about as far as how was I raised and do I move towards rules because that makes me feel like I have control or do I move towards looseness because that makes me feel now like I won't be disconnected from my kids. And if we really analyze those motivations, then we have the ability to start moving back towards the center and making corrections to those places that really are indicating to us where there's wounding. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, it's also uh, helpful, even verbally out loud to our kids, that sometimes we just need to say, okay, now this is not like this rule in our house. It's not like the 10 commandments. This mm-hmm. rule is really just to make our house run well mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. to function. Um, so following it is, you know, it's my, it's my rule that I made up, <laughs> not necessarily God's rule. Yeah. Um, but we, we live here. And so we all have to take turns emptying the dishwasher. That's just how life is. And, yeah. um, it's going to make our house go smoother. And so that's why I've created that rule, but just being kind of open about that and, and having dialogue, I think is helpful. I agree. I agree. And I think one of the other things actually is that most of our, our, our guidelines, I think can really fall under does it help us to love God and love people? You know, if we think about what are the two greatest commandments, you know, what you're talking about with the dishwasher, that is how I love the people in my house, right? That's how I learn how to be a part of a unit that works together. Um, and that is absolutely loving God and loving people. And when we, but as you said, as we, if we talk through it with our kids, I think that's a piece also that many of us didn't receive when we were younger. It was just sort of, well, that's the rule and I expect you to do it. And it was blind obedience. And I think there's even perhaps sometimes this sense that, well, if I have to talk to my kid about it, then I'm doing this wrong, that they're just supposed to be first time obeyers. Um, But we are not. (laughs) And God is so kind in his repetitions, I think. And even in the times we make mistakes, we learn, we learn reasons why this rule is there. We learn why God says to stay away from certain things. It's not necessarily always clear to us up front, but it it very often can come. We can have some revelation in the midst of that. And so for us to extend that to our kids, I think is not just uh, helpful, but it's relationship building just as God is building relationship with us through these things. Yeah. Christina, when it comes to approaching our kids and understanding then how God parents us, how do you think that this helps us to become then more patient and more flexible in our own parenting. Yeah, that's a, a characteristic of God that I really arrest in a lot <laughs> because I need his patience. Um, you know, the Bible says that he's long suffering toward us. Uh, that means he's he suffers long our <laughs> craziness mm. for the sake of love for us. Mm. Um, you know, and when we look back over the course of our lives, um, remembering where we came from before we came to faith, uh, the things that, you know, we were involved with in our life and, and how God, uh, was patient with us until we, you know, did come to faith, uh, think about the stuff that we have done since we've we've come to faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and just his, 
just his great forbearance toward us uh, that, you know, we, we sin, we ask forgiveness, he forgives us through the blood of Christ. And then all of a sudden again, we sin, mm-hmm. you know, and so just uh, realizing his, his great grace for us, I think really makes a big impact in how we respond to others. I often think about that um, parable in scripture about uh, the servant who owed a lot of money uh, and the person he owed it to forgave the debt. And then he immediately turns around and he's demanding of a fellow servant mm. just a little bit of money that the person owed him. And I think sometimes I can respond that way. I've been forgiven of so much um, by God, but then I will, you know, turn to my my kids and get angry and, mm-hmm. and demand of them, you know, because they spilled milk or something. You know, mm. it's just um, that parable just speaks a lot to to my own heart and, and remembering that we. Um, we're patient because someone has been patient with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think the other illustration uh, that I used in the book about God's patience is, is um, that of a patient gardener, you know, who is tending to, uh, to his plants and just knowing that it takes a lot of time from the time you plant a seed till it bears fruit and you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and, you know, God is patient in our own hearts, tending to it and, and nurturing it and all the things until we, till we bear fruit. And, and likewise, I think we, we need to know that we need to do the same with, with our kids. We can't expect uh, immediate transformation. You know, it's not a process that we can rush, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any kind of development takes time. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, in all the ways that God is patient with us, we can be patient with our children. Something you just said that I think is really important is the fact that he's patient with us in love, that we may have this construction that God is patient with me, but he's tolerating me, that he's just waiting for me to figure it out and get it together. And the truth is he knows we can't do it without him. He knows that were it not for his patience and his empowering and his, his, grace that we can't even grow because he knows we're not going to get it together. (laughs) Like, let's just start there, but we can't grow more and more and more if we don't have that. And we can look towards to our kids in a similar way that I'm patient with you because if I don't coach you, it will be very extremely hard for you to figure out how to do this. That if I'm not putting my hands in the soil, as you just sort of alluded to, if I'm not helping to clear the path for you and get the weeds out of the way that the path for you to growth is going to be so much worse and so much harder if I'm not doing that with you. And again, I think that's where though, understanding if it's, if it's coaching, if it really is that continual effort on our part and knowing that if we don't do that, our kids will not just, I mean, they God can do a lot for them, but it won't be because of us. It'll be in spite of us. And so though in resting in the fact that he's, he's not just tolerating us, he's patient with us in love and he's, he's smiling with us and he's, he's just gently scooping us up and and trying to push us back in the right direction. You know, that if we really have that understanding, then we have the ability to give that to our kids. Yeah. That's a beautiful truth. Christina, I've appreciated just so much of the the guidance and the wisdom that you'd offered in this conversation. At the end of every conversation, I ask each guest the same question. And it is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? Well, as a mom myself, 
I make a lot of mistakes. I say a lot of things I wish I had said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um I am inconsistent. I uh I do things I I don't I you know I wish later regret. And so I think in those moments um it's important to remember that we have a perfect father in heaven and that he loves our kids uh, more than we ever could. He more than we know exactly what they need and he's going to provide it. He's mm-hmm. going to ensure that, you know, that they grow and mature and um, he's going to be for them all that we can't be mm-hmm. for them. And so that's something that I definitely encourage all moms that your perfect father in heaven is going to be for your child exactly what they need in, in, in ways that, that you can't be for them. Mm, that is a truth I cling to every single day. <laughs> Thank you so much for that reminder. Christina, would you tell listeners about your resources and how they can follow you? Yeah. Uh, well, my website is christinafox.com and you can find me on Instagram at Christina R. Fox. Uh, my book is, you can find it anywhere you might get your Christian books uh, from, like our mm-hmm. father, how God parents us and why that matters to our parenting. Great. And I will include links in the show notes to make it easier for listeners to find those resources. But thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this conversation, I've got a couple more that I can suggest for you. Check out episode 127, Making the Most of Imperfect Habits to Intentionally Connect with Your Kids' Hearts with Justin Early. You may also want to check out episode 123, Anger and Acting Out, Parenting Strategies for a Difficult, Defiant Child with Kimball Lewis. We'd love to invite you to get involved with the Plus One Parents community. You can join us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. And on Facebook, you can join our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Also at plusoneparents.org, we are constantly adding new resources related to all of the topics that we cover here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. That's everything from parenting to dating to spiritual and emotional well-being. If you'd like to stay up to date on the new resources as we release them, you can join our mailing list there as well at plusoneparents.org. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.